This is the Building Resilience Podcast, episode 163, The Power of Walking. Welcome to Building Resilience, a podcast where theory, practical strategies, and inspiring stories show you how to unlock your best life. I'm your host, Leah Davidson. As a certified life coach, speech-language pathologist, and nervous system resilience expert, it is my mission to teach you how to be more resilient to life's adversities. I will show you how to manage your mind, befriend your nervous system, process your emotions, and even eliminate stress. It's time to do more than just survive. It's time to thrive. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. How are you doing today? I hope that you are enjoying winter. If you are like me, you may not be the hugest fan of winter, especially if you are living somewhere cold where there is snow, where there is gray clouds. I am definitely looking forward to spring. I'm definitely a spring person, not a winter person. But all seasons have their benefit. So today we are going to be talking about walking. But before we do that, I just wanted to let you know, especially if you are new to the Building Resilience podcast, I've created a roadmap for you. It's called the Nervous System Resilience Roadmap. And what it is, is this download that you can get. I'll put a link to it in the show notes that sort of highlights the 11 episodes that I think help you understand and learn about your nervous system the quickest way. I know I have a lot of episodes that I talk about so many different things about the nervous system, but these 11 episodes will give you a nice foundation. So if you're interested in that, the link is in the show notes. Now, back on episode 130, I talked about my dad. I recorded that episode back in June of 2023, just after we had passed the 20th anniversary of his death. And on that episode, I wanted to share with you some of his wisdom. So please go check that out because my dad was such a great guy and had great bits of wisdom. Well, one of the things that I shared with you was his love of walking. Now, if you knew my dad, there were a couple things that I know you for sure would say. He loved to talk and he loved to walk. So I'm kind of truly his daughter because here I am on this podcast. Obviously, I love to talk and I also love to walk. Now, I grew up in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. So rather, I actually grew up in a suburb of Montreal called the West Island. So that tells you that Montreal is actually an island, which is kind of funny to really stop and think about. But we do say the island of Montreal. And then I lived in the West part, which is referred to as the West Island. Well, being an island, we are about a 10-minute walk from the lake that is southwest of Montreal. It's called Lac Saint-Louis. And no, I'm not being pretentious when I'm saying it with a French accent. It's really just what we call it. I guess technically you could call it Lake St. Louis, but I, I don't really know if I've ever heard that. We usually would say Lake St. Louis. I should probably do a whole podcast about Montreal and the uniqueness because there's a lot going on there. Even how we say Montreal. Did you know it's Montreal and not Montreal, just as an FYI, and Quebec is not Quebec. Anyhow. Back on track, we lived close to Lac St. Louis, and my dad was an avid walker. So he would walk daily along the lake shore, so the road right along the lake for kilometers and kilometers, miles and miles. And he knew so many people that he met along that route. He would just get to know them. He would literally be gone for hours. He loved to walk. 
he used to walk to work. He was a teacher and he worked in several different schools around us and he used to walk to them. But some of the schools were at least an hour or more away by walking and he still walked to them. When he retired, he still continued walking, especially along that lakeshore route along Lac St. Louis. I also remember spending time with him walking. So whether it was walking as a kid when I was younger down to the lake, or we would do one of our many excursions to downtown Montreal, which is about 40 minutes away. Now, later on in life, I actually lived downtown Montreal, and he would occasionally show up at my door, and we'd just go walking in the city. He would show me all the places that he worked. He grew up in Montreal, his favorite churches, his favorite buildings. And then when I had my first son, we would go for walks with me pushing the stroller. Now, when he got sick, as I said before on that podcast, he passed away from cancer. It had spread to his bones and he was not able to walk. And I remember being in the hospital with him one day and he told me that when he closed his eyes and just sort of drifted off, you know, in that Neverland space, he said he felt like he was walking. It was one of his greatest disappointments that he could no longer walk. Well, at his funeral, it actually was a really big funeral. There were hundreds of people there. He was so well-loved. And at his funeral, people came up to me that I had no clue who they were, but they said that they knew him from his walks because while he was walking, he would always stop and talk and spend time to get to know people. It was on these walks that he connected with people. He would stop just to see how they were, to talk about their garden, to listen to their troubles, to talk about their jobs, their kids, their lives. So walking was something that has always been a part of my life from a very young age, and it still is. I walk on my own several times per week as part of my morning routine. Rob and I frequently go for walks together in good weather. Sometimes we're going multiple times per day. And when our kids are home, of course, now they're older and they live elsewhere, but we usually go for walks. They'll walk with us. And all of my kids I know also go for walks in their everyday lives. Even my little boys, as I call them, my two youngest, they're not really little anymore, but for years, I've just called them my little boys. They're both at university in Ottawa, and that Ottawa is actually the capital of Canada, and they go walking. Their university campus is right near the Rideau Canal, and Ottawa is actually much colder than Toronto. It's very similar to Montreal and its temperatures where I grew up. But in winter, the canal freezes over most years. Last year, it didn't because it didn't get cold enough. So people will go skating on the canal. They'll actually skate downtown. But many people will do lots of walks along the canal. So my boys, even my little ones, love to walk. Now, during COVID, I think the world saw an increase in walking. I think for many, that was really all you could do. I know that we had almost everybody home with us during COVID and we would go on family walks as you were allowed to walk with people who were in your bubble. Now, we actually had people yell at us right out their window sometimes from apartment buildings because you're supposed to be in your bubble. So everyone imagined you would have very small groups, but we had a large family. So we were in a larger bubble. We would go for a walk. We are close to a beautiful ravine, so we'd go there. We're also close to some hiking trails. 
we can even walk downtown from where we live. We live in a very walking world. When you live in a city neighborhood, you tend to walk to everything. So my kids always walk to school. We walk to the community center, to our doctor's office, the post office, the drugstore, the grocery store, and of course, tons and tons of restaurants. So I really live in a walking world. The only time I really use my car is when we need to leave our immediate neighborhood or leave the city. I really love and value and appreciate walking, and it is good for you on so many levels. So today, I want to dive a bit deeper into the benefits of walking. The obvious one that we all think about is the physical benefit of walking. And I used to always underplay those benefits. I mean, yes, I had heard that walking is such an important and efficient form of exercise, but I always thought, oh, it's what you do as you get old or what you do when you can't do things like run or bike. But I actually had a personal experience which proved me otherwise. So 10 years ago, coming up in March, my husband, Rob, had a massive heart attack. We were visiting my brother in Utah, and Rob and I had been skiing up in Park City, and he was having some back pain. I basically just told him, take some Advil, take it easy on the slopes, teased him that we're not spring chickens anymore. Now, I did also know that he was under extreme, extreme stress due to some ongoing, longstanding divorce battles, which had flared up again, but he was in great health. He seemed to have things under control and things were going great in our marriage and our family. He was very into exercise. He was running. He was taking care of himself. Well, long story short, the next day after he was complaining about the back pain, he suffered what is called a widow maker's heart attack. So you can guess the severity of that heart attack. It's called that because there was only a 10% chance of survival. Obviously, I'm talking about him today. He survived. Now, we had to stay in Utah for some rehab so that he would get clearance to be able to fly home to get back to our kids. Now, luckily, our kids happened to be with their other parents. It was over our March break, and it was not our year to have the kids, so they were both traveling with their other parents. Anyhow, when we finally returned home, Rob had to go do some cardiac rehab. They did a bunch of tests on him and they measured his heart after he had had the heart attack. They're measuring to see what kind of damage there was. And they estimated that his heart was now close to representing somebody who was about the age of 60, which is pretty depressing to him because he was a very healthy 42-year-old. And they told him he was not allowed to run. Now, not that he wanted to run at the beginning because he just had a heart attack, but he obviously wanted to get stronger. So they gave him a very strict cardio program to follow. He used to go to cardiac rehab, but they also wanted him to be doing things at home. And it included some light weights and daily walking. And let me tell you, at first, he was just walking around the block. I would go with him because obviously his anxiety levels were high, but we would just circle our block over and over. It wasn't long. We just, he couldn't tolerate much, but then it got longer and they would increase it every week. You know, one kilometer, one and a half, two kilometers. It felt so, so slow. Well, eventually after eight months, he was finally up to walking five kilometers, which is not a lot. It's like what, 3.2 or 3.6 miles or something. So it took eight months to build up to that. And then they told him that he could start running again. 
but it's felt so slow. And I used to think like, is this even helping? Like we are just going at a snail's pace. Is this really going to make a difference? Well, after the eight months, they retested his heart. And he was proud to say it was now considered a 28-year-old heart, the heart of a 28-year-old. So walking had really helped improve his cardiac fitness just by walking daily and doing some light weights as well. So that really was proof to me that walking has some incredible physical health benefits. Now, you may not want to trust me, but there is a great video on YouTube called 23 and a half hours, which I highly recommend you watch as it shows the benefits of walking and why it should be our go-to thing. I'll put a link to it in the show notes as well. All right. So why else is walking so helpful? I'm reading Arnold Schwarzenegger's book, Be Useful, right now. I'm reading it actually with one of my SLP clients. And in the first chapter, he talks about the importance of having a clear vision and then talks all about the benefits of walking on creating your vision. He shares that many of history's greatest leaders and thinkers and scientists and artists and entrepreneurs have found their greatest inspiration by going for walks. So, vision and inspiration are actually side effects of walking. He gave examples like Beethoven, who used to take walks carrying blank pages of sheet music and a pencil. And poet William Wordsworth, he used to write as he took walks around the lake. Nietzsche actually said, it is only ideas gained from walking that have any worth. And Henry David Thoreau, said, the moment my legs begin to move, my thoughts begin to flow. So if you are feeling stuck, if you're lacking vision or inspiration, go for a walk. And not a walk where you're always listening to things on your phone. Sometimes walk in silence, just listening to nature. Sometimes listen to music. Sometimes listen to podcasts. But you can also do meditative walks. The point is to walk and see what happens for you. I find I get all sorts of different inspiration depending on what I do when I walk, if I'm walking in silence versus music versus listening to podcasts. Now, walking can also increase your creativity. So it's very tied to inspiration. And Schwarzenegger, he quoted a 2014 study that was done at Stanford University that showed that walking increased the creativity and increase the creative thinking of 100% of the study participants who were asked to walk while completing a series of creative tasks. So walking is beneficial for everyone. Another benefit of walking is the social connection. I find that when I'm walking with others, we can have some great conversations. Some of the best conversations I've had with my kids have been while we were walking. We can bond, we can share. And I think there's something too about being side by side and talking that way, as opposed to having to look directly at somebody. There's less intimidation there. So walking is nourishing to relationships, is a bonding experience, and it's a way to socialize as well in a very healthy way. I've had over the years, a couple of clients, when I used to see them in person, they liked going for walks during our sessions. I had one client in particular who, if it was sunny out and dry out, as soon as I got there, he was at the door and we would go walking. 
I think it helped open him up. It helped him not be so stuck in his head. We can talk about some of the challenges. We were working on a lot of executive function skills, and it was so helpful for him to go walking. Steve Jobs is famous for suggesting walking meetings. And he said that he thought that walking in fresh air really helped boost people's creativity and help them be able to connect and communicate better with each other. So we know that walking helps with creativity, with inspiration, with social connection. And we know that any kind of movement, walking included, is a fantastic way to complete your daily stress cycle and to help build up your nervous system. On a daily basis, we are building up constant energy, anxiety, and stress. The body wants to put that energy somewhere. So moving can help us move that energy. Walking is tied to helping people reset their nervous system. And studies have shown that even short walks can help reduce things like anxiety and depression. So walking is also good for your mental health. I know I feel a difference, especially if I wake up and I go walking in the morning when the sun is coming up. So I'm getting my morning sunlight as well. We know that that helps get your day going. It helps your sleep cycle. Getting that sunlight is one of the main pillars of our health. Well, walking also stimulates the release of endorphins and it promotes a positive mood. So walking is good for your mental health. It has also been linked as a tool to help with trauma. Studies have shown that walking specifically in nature can be very effective to helping people with reducing stress and symptoms they may be experiencing with PTSD. Walking in nature is particularly effective. And we've talked about the benefits of nature on the podcast before. I did a whole episode on it back on episode 79. So make sure you go back and check that out. There is energy in nature and we can feel that energy. There's no resistance in nature. And we pick up on this and we can feel more in harmony. Nature is an opportunity to experience awe. We know that awe does wonders for our nervous system. So walking in nature is very healing. And explore the concept of walking for you if you have experienced some trauma. Now, many people have also used walks as a way to, quote unquote, find themselves, to find answers to their concerns, their worries, their longings, their confusion. There's actually a very famous trail in northern Spain called the Camino de Santiago Trail. It's a famous Catholic pilgrimage. It's about 500 miles. It's totally on my bucket list. But many non-religious people do it too. It's not necessarily a religious pilgrimage. In fact, a lot of people do it. They do it specifically because those who have done it say it is life-changing. It's very healing. I've actually known a few people who have done it for different reasons, as a way to connect with themselves, as a way to reconnect with themselves, as a way to challenge themselves, and as a way to work through some grief. So it is known to be a fantastic way for people to reconnect and find themselves. Walking can be very meditative and you can turn it into a mindful practice. We know that meditation and mindfulness is good for the brain. It's good for the nervous system. You can choose to pay attention to the outside world, what we call exteroception. So looking to nature, using our senses of sight and hearing, we can pay attention to the surroundings. 
Now, these are the buildings and the trees. And then there's things like smell. Like my favorite thing in the spring is to walk by a lilac tree and you get that smell. It's just absolutely heavenly. Then you can be more mindful of what's going on internally as well, what we call interoception. Can you feel your feet hitting the pavement? Do you notice what it feels like to have your arms swinging? What about your breath? Does it speed up or slow down as you're walking? Do you have any other sensations, the wind on your face, the warmth of the sun? So pay attention to all those details when you're walking. Pay attention to the rhythm when you're walking, the pace. Does it change day to day? As you can see, walking, it's a pretty amazing activity. It's low cost. It doesn't require equipment. It can be done almost everywhere and anywhere. The beach, the forest, trails, paths, city streets. And I also like to remind myself that being able to walk is a privilege. There are many who for different reasons are unable to walk, who desperately would want to walk. And for many of us, we forget the miracle of walking. So I want to encourage you not to take it for granted. I think of my dad who would dream of walking, who was so sad in the end by his inability to walk. So the last reason you can have for walking can be a very simple one, simply because you can. So if you can walk, get out there and walk and walk with gratitude in your heart. And if one day we meet, let's make sure we plan to go on a walk together. Or if you're listening to this podcast as you're on a walk, then consider us having gone for a walk together. Have a great walk and I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Building Resilience Podcast. If you're interested in learning a little bit more about managing stress, building resilience, and leading a more purposeful life, then make sure we're connected on Instagram and Facebook at Leah Davidson Life Coaching. You can also subscribe to my weekly newsletter at www.leahdavidsonlifecoaching.com forward slash newsletter. Looking forward to connecting. 